0: Harvest family. All right, right. have a seat. Come on now, it's just a family meeting, right? I love it. Family is here, right? It's so very good to meet you guys and to know you. As someone who disciples nations, I'd like for you to know I was hollering really, really loud on the front row, you know, because to begin to see the weaving together of what God is doing, right? He's got people everywhere. He has got people who are faithful sons over what he's given them to do. And this is a house, I believe, of faithful sons. Amen? So it's an honor to be here and to be alongside Pastors Chuck and Karen and Pastor Tina, all of the staff, to to be here with all of them and the leaders, Uh, to be here and to be a part of that uh, is very, very powerful. I love family meetings because we don't have to stand on ceremony. Amen? Amen. Nobody's here putting on a performance. (laughs) That's right. Right? We are just here to release what it is that the Lord is doing. And I couldn't agree with Pastor Chuck Moore. I love that he used the word throws. (laughs) We're in the throws of what God is doing. Sometimes it feels a little bit like thrashing about right? Because you're in the throes of what God is doing. And so, therefore, he's dismantling things that either their time is over or they were never of him, right? And what is of him is emerging and is coming forth, all right? And so, this is where we've got to stay with him. This is going to be very, very key, to stay with him. When I was here just recently, I released a word called the Symphony of Sons. If anybody remembers that. You know, sometimes even the preacher doesn't remember what they preached. Amen, can I get a good amen, anybody? Right, right. But when I was here before, I released a word about a symphony of sons that God is about to release a sound such as the heathen world has never heard. This is what Isaiah 42:10 says. And that word and that sound is going to come straight through the instruments of righteousness we are the many-membered body of Christ we are a symphony of great diverse instruments but we have this one master conductor amen and he is the father and I talked about how all instruments whenever if you've ever played an instrument been in a band in a symphony an orchestra everybody has to get in their private practice room to really be able to get skilled, to get in tune, to begin to practice, there has to be a deep private work that has to happen inside of each person. So I likened it to the private practice room because then there comes a moment when the conductor taps the stand. taps the stand and guess what happens? Every instrument comes out of that private place and they all come together and they come to attention. You see, I'm talking about you. We all come to attention, but without the private work where we get tuned to him. A.W. Tozer said the only way to get 100 pianos in tune with each other is is they all have to be put in tune with this one tuning fork, and that's the Lord. Hmm? You see, we cannot create unity, my friends. We can't do that. Everything I'm talking to you about today, I want you to understand the pressure isn't on you to produce it. The conductor will produce. But well, we do have to yield ourselves to Him in private. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow in that vein because, you know, I'm not really a preacher. Really, I'm a discipler of nations. I'm a producer of producers. That's what I'm looking for. That's why I'd be just as happy in a room full of five people, as I am in a room of say a hundred to 150, 200 people. Because you give me five people who have a thousand in each one of them, and if they break open. I love that you use the word brokenness. (laughs) I'd love to hear that word used a whole lot more. Because when the breaking comes, what's in you begins to actually produce. Hmm? Don't fear the ways of your father. Hmm? We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And this private work is so key but oftentimes overlooked and it is such an honor to be in a house where there is leadership that says, we will not overlook what the Father is doing in this moment. We will not overlook it for our own uh, preferences. They're like stopped and they're looking and they're saying, no, if this is what the Father is doing, then that's what we're doing. That's what we're going to be about. I love it when leadership doesn't put on the people something they're not willing to enter into for themselves. But when you have leadership that enters in for themselves, listen to me carefully, you might want to duck and roll, okay? You understand what I'm saying? When your leadership starts to go in, when they start to say, we're going to go with God no matter what. We're going to go with Him. We're going to follow Him him. Listen to me carefully. That means it's about to roll like thunder all the way through this place. That means it's about to come. Why? Because that is the order of the living God. That is his order. And when he can put us in proper order with him, then there are fewer and fewer hindrances to what it is that he's looking to do. So putting you in the mindset of this private work that eventually brings forth a very powerful public performance i want to stay in this vein of the private work i want to go deeper in the private today so let me pray now father i thank you that you are already present you've welcomed us into your house And into your family. And in this family meeting today, Father, I pray that your voice will be heard. That your ways will be embraced, Father. And that we will be those who are ready to say, Father, we will stay with you as you do what only you can. We will stay, Father, with you. So I'm trusting you, Holy Spirit, today to do the work. In the name of Jesus and for your glory I pray. Amen. Amen. So this is what God is after, my friends. He's after the private life with you. This is what Jesus spoke of in John 17, right before he went to the cross. And he prayed, Father, I pray that they will be one with you just like I'm one with you. Hmm? How many of you know Jesus is here to reproduce himself? Hmm? Not your version of him, but his actual self. He is looking to reproduce his life, the way that he lived. And this maturing oneness is what Jesus spoke of in John 17, right before he went to the cross. In John 15, you back up two chapters and he's talking about it. And he begins with John 15. I will begin with John 15 and read verses 4 through 10 out of the Message Bible, because I think it's important to hear what Jesus says He's going to do in His own church. Amen? Is this the church of Jesus? I bet it is. This is the one that He's building, right? This is the blood-bought church, right? It's not a church of our own making. It is the one that He is building Himself. And He speaks to us, and He says, Live in Me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, (laughs) but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. You are, when you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic. You'll want to write that down. The relation is intimate and organic. Then the harvest, new harvest, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. Verses 9 and 10. He says, I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. Hmm? So do you think Jesus is repeating himself just a little bit? That's why I like repeating myself. Right. See, we need to hear certain things again and again and again, right? Right? So I always remind people, as in, did stupid only visit you one time? Let me see. I'm just going to ask again. Hmm? No, stupid visits, uh, has visited me <laughs> over and over again. Has the lie only visited you once? No. But oftentimes we're guilty of saying, oh, yeah, I heard that message, and pff, that's it. We don't listen to it again. But I love the way <laughs> they repeat themselves and repeat themselves, and they even say, take, take communion, why, and put yourself, what, In remembrance of me. You see, our union, our oneness with Him is so that there will be communion with Him. And He says, Now put yourself in remembrance of this because everything is about me and you moving as one. You see, He says, Abide in me because separated from me, you can do nothing. I don't know if we realize the horror that separation actually is. Hmm? We think there are many things that are horrible in our lives. But if you're looking from God's point of view, God thinks you being separate from Him is like the tragedy of all time. Hmm? Come on now. God thinks you being separated from Because there isn't a tragedy on the face of this earth God can't deal with if you're one with Him. There's no trauma of your life that God cannot deal with if you are one with Him. You see, our greatest trauma is we're born separated from Him, independent from Him. That's why I say all the time that the well-adjusted are the most traumatized. Because I have to ask people, well, you're well-adjusted to what? Hmm? Come on, are y'all in the same family meeting that I'm in? Come on. (laughs) Right? Right? Because if we've adjusted well to living independent and separated from Him, my friends, we're not doing well. We're just under the illusion that we're doing well. Because if we come to Him and that separation gets dealt with by the cross of Jesus Christ, we become one with Him positionally. But let me tell you what, the Father is not going to be satisfied for things to remain positional. He's after a conditional oneness, like it's your real condition. Somebody says, what's your condition? I say, I am one with him. Hmm? Therefore, all is truly well with me. I am not playing. I am not pretending. I am not hoping. I am not wishing. You understand? It is our experiential inheritance to be doing well. But it is a wellness that must come through this oneness. So from God's point of view, he's like, you're separate from me. Come closer. And when he says come closer, then he's going to say to you, now stay. Hmm? Not come in and out. Hmm? This is what the word abide actually means. My message today is the abiding mandate. It's not really a message, it's my assignment. The abiding mandate is being released throughout the body of Christ. The abiding mandate. And this word, to abide, means stay, remain, continue. Hmm? The Greek interpretation is quit running off, that's what I'm going to tell you right there. Here's the Greek for you, stop running off. (laughs) That's a high-level theological (laughs) explanation is quit running off. (laughs) It's once you've come to me, now stay, remain, continue, abide in me and make your home in me just like I've made my home in you. That's an amazing thought of all the places in the earth that God could live Guess where he's decided to live inside of you? If you need significance today, you need an increase in your value, <laughs> you need to know that you're somebody <laughs> of all the places that God could live. He's chosen that it's you he wants to live in. You are his resting place in the earth. Hmm? You are his dwelling. He has chosen that he wants to live in you, and you live in him. I believe this is what the enemy attacks. Hmm? He is attacking this oneness. Hmm? You might be overly concerned about your behavior. See, hell doesn't care if it gets you coming away from God doing good or evil. It doesn't care as long as it gets you away. From him to separate you out, to get you to run off and to think, I'm going to have to go out here to get what I need. You see, separation hmm, from God is the perversion of being separated unto God. Hmm? We're separated unto him, consecrated to him. So he says, abide in me, stay, remain, and continue, and make your home in me as I have made my home in you. He wants you to get comfortable in his presence. One of the first things that happened when Adam and Eve made the decision that they'd rather be God than be sons to God through the tree of life, which was Christ himself, one of the first evidences that you have is that now the presence of God was something to be feared. That's a result of when man separated himself from God. Now God's presence is something to be feared. It's not something to run to or someone to run to. But God is saying to us, as Jesus speaks here, he is saying, Now make your home in me as I have made my home in you. Abide in me. Make yourself at home in my love. That means that you will believe him when he says that he loves you. Do you know one of the most powerful things you can do is to allow God to love you? I mean, let God love you. Many times we're told how we should love God. My friends, you're not capable of loving Him until He loves you. See, as a Christian, everything is first received and then given. Everything. You're not the initiator in anything with God. See, I'm feeling restful right now. If I had a recliner right here, I'd just sit down and relax right here. I'm preaching myself right into a deep rest right here. Hmm? I am not the initiator of anything. I'm the responder. Hmm? He has come for me. He has come for you. So when it says draw near to God and He'll draw near to you, my friends, that's because He's already drawn near to you. (laughs) See, if you're not careful, you're going to read the Word through law or through flesh or through sin or through something old and of hell, okay? (laughs) And then everything's going to read to you like somehow you've got to do something. No, my friends, you're going to respond to the God who has come for His sons through Jesus Christ. And they have come for us. Hmm? And they're drawing us closer and closer to themselves because they are the initiators in everything. Now, this is a simple message today, my friends, but it has eluded us. Has it not? Oftentimes, it eludes us Hmm? because flesh loves the complicated. (laughs) Oh, it loves the complicated when it can say, look at all that I did. When it comes time, my friends, to be in the throes of this, of what God is doing, let me tell you, you're going to realize, I think this was God's idea. (laughs) I think this is what God has been after all along. So one of the things I challenge you with today is, have you believed and consented to the love of your Father? Have you consented to let Him love you? And what he is able to pour into you, the word says, now you've got something to love him back with and to love others with. Hmm? But we first have to consent to be loved by him. You won't be able to convince him of your unworthiness, but he could see your unwillingness, but you'll never be able to convince him. (laughs) Well, Father, I'm not worthy of that. uh, mm, He said, you're starting at the wrong place. (laughs) <laughs> How many of you would be glad to know you're not responsible to provoke God to love you? You see, you understand the cuter I am, the more I could provoke you. I'm just going to check and see if anybody understands what I'm talking about. See, on the human side, as you look into the human to provoke something in you, like, wow, that, she's cute. That's okay. Keep it to yourself. Try to keep it down. Keep it down, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? See, it's not my job to provoke God. <laughs> That's why even on my... If y'all had seen me at 5 a.m., like the hotel clerk saw me this morning, how many of you know? Uh, they looked at me a little sideways. I came down, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know anybody would be down here. My hair was like, y'all, y'all understand, 5 a.m. is not your best time. Are y'all with me? You understand? I walked down there. How many of you know, though, God does not look at me? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter, right? He's like, I'm not looking at you, Nancy, for you to provoke something in me. He says, I provoke myself. I have loved you with a love. Right. And let me tell you, when that love shows up, you're going to realize you're not in charge. See, this is what needs to happen in the private place because after a while you're like, Lord, I think we need to go into private. I said, because something's about to happen that I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand what's about to happen, right? So he gets you in the private place with him. Now, right now that can happen right now, right inside, because it's spirit to spirit, right inside, right here. Okay, because how many of y'all like me are glad to know you're not your body? I just want to know if anybody's happy about that. You spirit. See, the older you get, the happier you're going to be about this preaching. Mm, I am not my body. I am spirit. (laughs) Come on now. I am spirit, right? And what I'm talking about and what I'm hoping is going to happen a little bit right here, just a little tiny bit today, right, is right here, right here between you and him. You see, God is interested in a reciprocal life with you. He pours in, and you respond. And I'm telling you, this is what hell is after. Hell wants to stop the reciprocal work of what God is about to cause to happen between the Father and His sons, between Jesus and His bride, between the Holy Spirit and His temple. If they can keep you absolutely separated, right, nothing, nothing, my friends, that's what they said, you can do nothing, the fact we think we can do something separate from them and then bring it to them and show them, shows our ignorance, I say that with all the love I can, because he's used that word with me, like, Nancy, are you ignorant, have y'all ever, see, that's how, that's how a loving father will sometimes talk to you, (laughs) you're sitting there, and he's like, are you ignorant of the fact, Nancy, that, I'm like, yes, sir, I think I was, I think, Right? But how many of you know the moment he starts revealing, how many of you know, you're like, Whoa, now I know something. Now I know something because I've heard his voice. He wants a reciprocal life together. They provide everything. We receive it. <laughs> and then poof, fruit begins to be produced. Hmm? You see, they're saying to you, come on, let us love you. Because if we let them love us, it will provoke faith, Galatians 5, 6. If we let them love us, there'll be no prolonged infancies in the body of Christ any longer. It says in Ephesians 4, 15, His love is what grows you and I up. We start maturing. We begin to actually live as who we are unto them. This is the oneness. This is the abiding mandate. This is what they're calling for. Therefore, what is under attack? It's not your behavior, my friends. It is your dependency. Jesus wasn't a well-behaved son. He was a son who did not behave well. He was a son who depended well. Hell did everything it could. Come on, Jesus, just come on out. Just prove who you are. Just come on, turn these stones into bread. Just come on, just if you just would come out. From the Father. And what did Jesus say? I will live off every word that comes out of my Father's mouth. He was living mouth to mouth with his Father. Listen to me. Come on. That's not just for the few and the radical. This is the norm. What I'm telling you is the norm. We don't want to continue, do we, to live as average Christians? Wouldn't you like to upgrade to the norm and live as the normal Christian? live as a normal son, live as someone who's in the norm, right, of living in this oneness with him, this staying. You see, this love that they are inviting you into deeper and deeper is what breeds abiding dependency. Because you won't want to run off as much once you know the love they have for you because the majority of what you're out there doing is looking for some kind of love. You're looking for some kind of comfort. You're looking for something. You're on the hunt. You're on the hunt for it. But let me tell you what: if God begins to satisfy you in the private place, in the secret place where He waits for you, I promise you this: it will begin to breed an abiding dependency, a staying. He spoke to me about New Harvest during this trip yesterday morning. I shared it briefly with the leadership that this house, New Harvest, is a house that will know his ways, not just his acts. You will, he says, know my ways, not just my acts. Psalm 103.7 in the Amplified Classic says about Moses, he made known his ways to Moses but his acts to the children of Israel. Exodus thirty-three eleven. 11. And the Amplified Classic says, And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses returned to the camp, but his minister Joshua, son of Nun, next generation, listen to me carefully. And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses returned to the camp, but his minister Joshua, a young man, did not depart from that tent. You see, something is about to pass from generation to generation. And you don't have to wait 40 years for that to happen. Generation to generation, something's about to happen, and the next generation is about to get a a taste of something that they're not going to be able to forget. It's about time we ruin the generations for anything but the presence of the Lord rather than the world ruining them, right? Now, there's nothing that God cannot restore, my friends, but listen to me carefully. Why? Why can't they be ruined? (laughs) for anything but his presence. Mm? So that if they do wander off, they're like, what am I doing out here? I need to get back into the place with my father. You see, sometimes we have a habit of being in awe of people like Moses and Joshua, but we haven't yet clued in that that's the invitation for us to do the same. How many of you have ever, you know, been in uh, high awe of superstar athletes? And you're like, wow, you know, they lift this much and that much and you know, anything. And then somebody tells you, lift your Bible. And you're like, don't, don't be putting all that on me. <laughs> Is this not true? See, it's amazing the things that we're in awe of, but we're not going to do them. <laughs> I love watching them. But don't you come over here thinking I'm supposed to start working out, right? I'm not going to be like, you know, doing all that. See, so when we hear about Moses and Joshua in the Old Covenant, and you're sitting here in the New, right, with the full veil ripped and the secret place open to you, and somebody says, you need to get in the secret place. You need to abide. You're like, hold up. I like hearing about Joshua. That's really awesome. But now, I don't, are you talking to me? Uh, like, yes, I am, actually. I'm talking to every single one of you. Hmm? Every single one of you. And what I'm telling you is stay. Stay and don't run off. You see, they learned his ways, and listen to me carefully. I hope it's going to be on the screen. It's not just that the Father is going to show us how to walk, my friends. He's about to show us how he himself walks. There's a big difference. See, we're so used to thinking God's just going to tell us humans how we're supposed to live. Maybe we've not yet realized, no, he's showing us how he lives. Because we're going to live like our Father. This is the call to us. We are not just those called to escape hell. We are called to be those who live as one with them. We will live like them. That's their dream. I'm here for their dream. It's the nightmare to the enemy, but it is the dream of my father. Is He says, I want sons who are fully maturing, who will be an expression of my life, who will be an extension of my authority. And when we begin to move in the earth together in the everyday, ordinary, your everyday, ordinary life, I'm telling you, hell is going to have to back up, get against the wall, because now there is a manifestation of the sons of God who don't think they are the big ticket in town. They understand our Father. It's our Father. I know I'm blessed and highly favored, but if that's where it stops, my friends, we have missed it, and self has once again has robbed God of His glory, which is my sons will not have to be bribed, pampered, or spoiled to come with me. They know me, and no matter what's coming down the pike, no matter what the throes of this, this coming, expression of God that is coming, right? Do you understand? You're not going to be deterred. You're not going to be confused and wonder when things begin to go a little bit into the difficult category, you're not going to be thrown off and think, well, I thought God was good. My friends, you're going to be so so convinced that God is good, nothing out here is going to be able to shut you down in here and you're going to be able to move with him. You are about to see how God himself walks, and you are about to get into the stride of your father. You're about to say, hold up, I'm about, to, I'm about to catch my stride. Have you ever tried to get in step with somebody? It takes you just a little bit of time, but then when you do, you like start walking like they walk. This is what he is about to impart to us if we stay. If we stay, because he is about to do something intimate. And organic, and my friends, the counterfeit intimacy that's trying to run through the church. I'm telling you, what we're after, what I'm talking about is not low lights and soft music. I'm telling you, it's an intimacy that is with the lights full on. The lights are on. You're not going to stumble over anything anymore. It's not going to be dusky and hazy where you can't figure out what's going on. You are going to have, boom, the sons of light are going to come forth, First Thessalonians 5, because we fellowship in the light, because He is the light, and we will be the light. Do you see what I'm saying? I want you to connect the dots. Actually, I'm totally trusting the Holy Ghost is connecting the dots for you, right? I don't want to teach so well, my friends, that you get it. I want to teach it enough you get hungry for it, and you'll get with Him and let Him tell you. That's what I really want to do. That's really what I want to have happen. Oh, my friends, when God bows to reveal His ways to man, and He is doing that here at New Harvest, it ought to be counted as the highest favor. Not the favor that people will give you, but when God says, I'm about to bow, and favor is coming upon New Harvest. I'm about to reveal my ways to my sons at New Harvest harvest. You're about to know him, not just by his activity, but by his identity. This is not going to be a house of infatuation. This is going to be a house of intimacy that is organic, that is God produced. It is from him. It will not be synthetic. You're not going to have to make it happen. He is going to produce it if you will let him. And it's going to be face to face it is going to be organic in its source because organic means it comes from life itself. It always costs a little more time and money for that organic stuff. Have you all noticed that? Yeah, it's not mass produced, right? See, this isn't going to be mass produced. Now, eventually, I pray it hits the masses, but it's, it's produced inside of each of us by what he's doing. And there is a way, my friends. That's why God is sending me out, discipling nations. i mean, just get me into the belly of sin. Just get me into the private place. That's all I just that's okay. Just just give me let, let's just what is God doing? What is he about to do? You see, he has a way. And he's got sons, male and female sons positioned all over this earth. I'm telling you, hell is not gonna know what hit it because the majority of the work is under the radar. But when God taps that stand, I'm telling you, shoof, here they come. Connected relationally, they are one with Him. It's going to be clean, and it's going to be strong and supernatural. God, my friends, knows how to do what He wants to have done. But He's got to find those that are going to move with Him. That means we got to let go of everything false and fake, counterfeit, superficial, immature, carnal, fleshly, demonic, self-righteous. There's nothing more filthy before God than our self-righteousness, my friends. Filthy, perverted, synthetic, and man-made, every bit of it, it's going to have to be exposed. Why? Here's what the exposure is about. Redemptive exposure is so that we will be brought into agreement with God that that is not of Him and we won't touch it anymore. Hmm? God, God is at work in our lives to see this happen. God will have sons who know Him. Yes, He will. He's about to move in ways that the casual person will never be able to grasp. Mm. I'm gonna have to move because I want to get to a certain place. I'm gonna. Well, let me just share this scripture. This is the, because the Son, Jesus. See, we're we're following Him. That's discipleship is sonship. Come on. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up definite special petitions and supplications with strong crying and tears to him who was always able to save him out from death. Oh, Jesus. Jesus secured, my friends, his resurrection before he was even crucified. He prayed to his Father to bring him out from death. And it says that he was heard... Because of his reverence towards God in that he shrank from the horrors of separation from the bright presence of the Father. Hebrews 5, 7. See, to Jesus, (laughs) it's a horror to be separated from the Father. But how many of you know, for those who were separated, he became separated so that we could be brought back to oneness. Hmm? Oh, what a salvation we have. But oh my, what a God we have. What a God we have. And he is his own revealer to his sons to reveal himself to those who will stay. See, no longer can our depravity define God. No longer can the devastations of our life define God. No longer can religious dogma define God. My friends, he's about to reveal himself to you. And you're going to know him like never before if you stay. It will come in degrees of revelation. As you go, as you continue, as you remain, he will reveal more and more of himself to you. That's why staying, my friends, is the key. We stay, we abide, we remain. There will be increased, increased personal revelation knowledge of him to you. And all of this will be necessary, my friends, because we're headed for days of great glory and great trouble. I'm not going to preach just trouble, and I'm not going to preach just glory days. I'm going to preach glory and trouble simultaneously, and we've got to be prepared by Him for both. By doing what? Stay. Stay with Him. Stay. Abide. Remain. It's all going to be necessary for the days to come because he is going to mature you, develop you. You see, he's the vine dresser. Hmm? He's the one who will tend to you. I've asked Porter to have ready the song. I want to, mm, I don't know, to even say, I just want to play this clip. Just does not quite do it justice. But I want my last minutes up here to be you listening to a song that we listened to yesterday. And the title of it is Stay. <laughs> hmm? I want you to remember that this is what he's saying to you. Stay. Don't run off. Stay. Hmm? And that's where you have the opportunity to say to him, yes, Lord, I'll stay. Not I'll work, I'll do No, just stay. If you remain... If you get with him, okay, now everything in you is going to try to produce something. There's nothing more agitating than for busy people to stay. Initially, you'll be like hopping all over the place in your thinking and all of that. And I'm not talking about just having quiet times, my friends. That's not what I'm talking about. Mobile, 24-7, right here. Spirit to spirit. But I want him to be able to speak to each one of you. I've said what I think I was supposed to say. To encourage you to know that he loves you, he's come for you, this house, this house is specifically on a path right now. As Pastor Chuck and Karen lead you in the powerful throes of what it is that God is always destined for this house. So could I just have that song played? Is it ready? more than a song, my friends. And you're going to have the opportunity to simply respond to him privately and let him know, I'll abide, I'll stay.
1: this is-
2: It's like to be in the presence of the Lord. And I know our time is because time stood still. And bodies were healed. families restored Because, because we stayed here because we made this choice to be in the presence of the Lord and no one had to say a word. give up everything for this treasure I found, I never wanted to end. in your presence, Lord. Heart is burning in Your presence Lord. and I want more. And I want more. We'd be a people who says, "I." Is a fresh desire today that says, "I want more."
3: Started listening to that song. I had no idea yesterday morning in our session that Pastor Nancy would end the session with that song. And I had no idea today that she was gonna end today with a song. But when I heard that song, a year ago for the first time actually Pastor Porter introduced me to it something got on the inside of me it's like that song was my prayer that I didn't know how to articulate because I think there's something about what Pastor Nancy was even sharing today that that when you get lost in Him, you don't want to live a day without Him. When He really becomes your abiding place where you abide in Him and He abides in you, when you really get that lost in Him, Nothing matters. Nothing else matters. And I feel like even in this moment right here, there's a sovereign act of God that's just drawing us into Him. Pastor Nancy said it a while ago, you you can't even initiate this. He has to initiate it. You can't even respond unless he initiates it. And if you feel anything this morning, anything, that's because he's reaching as hard as he can, pulling on you. When I heard that song about a year ago, That was, I didn't know how to say it, I didn't know how to articulate it, I didn't know how to put it in a prayer. But when the longing of your heart becomes him, you don't want him to go. You really do want him to stay. I don't want to go to my job without him. I don't want to drive down the road without him. I don't want to be in a marriage without him. I don't want to raise kids without him. I want him in every fiber of my being. And I want to be lost in him. And I feel like this morning there is a there's a movement toward him. Because even as she, she ministered a well while ago, that if we'll move toward him and in him, there'll be a releasing of the greatest power and authority through the sons of God that this planet has ever known. But there's got to be this drawing. I'm just going to ask the worship team if they'll just go into that one more time. And I'm just going to ask you if you'll just abandon yourself and make that your prayer. I don't want you to go. I want you to stay. Can we do that just for one more time? I just want to release that over the life of this congregation. One more time. Come on, Pastor Porter. Let's go back
2: into it. Stay. I don't want you to go. Because my heart is burning. In your breath. Stay. I don't want you to go. My heart is burning in your presence. Jesus
3: why don't you just bow your heads there's people praying at the altar right now I'm just going to let them have their time but maybe you're in this building today and you know your life is not right with Jesus maybe you got a distant relationship with him that's what Pastor Nancy said today you were just separated separated longing of the Father's heart is to draw us but you know there's a separation today you know there's things in your life that's not right because there's a gap there's a separation and you're in here today and you just say you know what I just feel like I feel God in this place today I feel God stirring my heart today I feel God moving today I want to be a part of that You're in this place today And you're in need of forgiveness As we all are But you got to make it right Two types of people in this room today Those that are born again And those that are not Those that are on their way to heaven And those that are lost You're in here today and you just know in your heart you just want to make that commitment. You just want to make that commitment, you want to make it right. You want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and make him Lord over your life. No more running. No more running. No more skirting the issue. I'm gonna make it right. And that's you in this place today. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to be a part of this fellowship. I'm just asking you to come into a relationship with the Lord. If that's you in this place, only because I don't know everybody, I just want you to raise your hand right where you are and just say, I want to make that prayer today. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see it. I see it. I see your hand. I'm just going to make that prayer today. I'm going to make it right today. I'm tired of running. I'm trying to do it my way. I'm trying to make it happen my way, and I'm just not where I need to be. Several hands have gone up all over the building today. And just five more seconds, and we're going to pray. And I'm just going to ask you to join with us. Anybody else? Just say, i got to make that commitment today. I can't do it on my own. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Several people raised your hands, sometimes it's just maybe a recommitment, and I know that, but you're gonna make a strong recommitment where your prayer becomes, God, stay. Stay. So I can abide in you and you can abide in me. In Jesus' name. Several people raise their hands and you still have them up. Why don't you just join me here to this altar? We're gonna take about 15 seconds and we're gonna pray. I just want you to come. Come on out of your seat right now and just make your way down here. We're going to pray. Come on, church. Give them praise as they come. Just come right over here. Just come right over here. Come on. Just come over here, sweetheart. We're going to make this prayer today. This, This Christian life is not hard. It's impossible without Him. It's impossible without Him. And I'm just going to pray this prayer today. And I know you guys are going to mean it from your heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. And I know today's a recommitment. It's a certified that I'm going to make him the Lord over my life. Will you just raise your hands with me today? Just raise your hands as a sign of surrender. Pastor Porter will help me just pray. The whole congregation is going to pray the same prayer today. Father, today I thank you. Thank you for saving me. I thank you today that I'm making you the Lord over my life. I thank
2: you today that I'm making you the Lord over my life.
3: And I'm asking you today
2: asking you to, to forgive, me forgive me of my sins. And I repent.
3: I repent today of my sins, and I'm asking you today today to give me the power and the the strength strength to make a different way, to to turn a different way, to to set my course on a different path, and I thank you today. From this day day on, I'm going to make you the Lord. I'm going to make make you the King, and I surrender my life. I surrender my will to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. In name. Amen. 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 Church, will you just give God. Give God praise right there. I mean, that's the most powerful thing. Amen. Amen. I know we got some folks slipping out real quick, but I want us to do this. We want to receive an offering from Miss Nancy today. Nancy McCrady Ministries. You can just make your check out to New Harvest Church, or you can go online and just put it under guest minister, however that is. But We want to sow. How many believe this is good soil to sow in? It's a good ministry to sow into. We just want to, I don't want to just be a taker. I want to be a giver. It's hard to sit under an anointing where lives can be changed and a deposit can be made and not give into it. You receive from what you invest in. Amen. And we've been doing this at this house for 30 years. We bring in ministries and we sow into that ministry. We don't bring ministries in unless they have a deposit. We don't fill this pulpit with a whole lot of guests. We fill it with people that's going to leave a deposit. and So we sow back into that. We sow into that. Because I want my life to receive. Amen. Amen. So you can just make everything out the New Harvest Church and go online, however you want to give today. Just going to be obedient to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What an amazing day. Hallelujah. 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 I've been worshiping with that song for a year, and you've been hiding it, sitting on it for a year. Man. Isn't that powerful? Man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Goodness. Something about the people of God that responds to his presence. Everything changes. Everything's better with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to pray over it today. Pastor Nancy, thank you. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for pouring into us. feel like we've been in a clinic just getting drilled but we're learning we're growing we're becoming mature sons thank you thank you i think you're fixing to go to poland right leave here to go to poland right in april fly out to poland in a couple more weeks she should be doing the same work over there that she's been doing for the last several years just pouring into sons and daughters over there and Raising up sons, discipling nations. Hallelujah. Amen. We just bless you today. May the Lord keep you, guard you, strengthen you. Favor come upon you in an exponential way. Open up the doors, nations. I just prophesy over you that your name is being talked about in circles even now. Your name is being mentioned in private settings because there's an assignment on your life. There's an assignment on your life and God is pushing your name into different circles and different camps. Supernatural doors are going to open up on a major level. I know this by the natural. You don't mind traveling, but you're about to get tired of it. You're about to get tired of it because the doors are going to swing wide. They're going to swing wide. And you're going to leave a deposit everywhere you go. And an army is going to be raised out of the gift and the calling and the assignment of your life. So we just speak that over you today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the gift of God. Lord, we thank you for the assignment on this gift. Lord, that you have birthed into the kingdom for such a time as this, that you have raised up in the kingdom. For such a time as this, Lord, to pour her revelation into leaders, pour her revelation into sons. Lord, that she would continue to disciple the people that You put in her path. And they will be raised up, and they will be trailblazers. Lord, they will be they will be the wind of God that will blow into different continents and begin to set fire all over those nations, Lord, until they burn and blaze with Your glory. Until there's a, such a move of God and outpouring of your holy presence and lives forever radically changed. Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise. Lord, I thank you this morning, Lord, Lord, as we bring our seed, as we bring it to the altar today, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that we're sowing the seed into soil. We're sowing the seed into good soil, rich soil, fertile soil, Lord, that's going to produce a harvest. Lord, we just thank you that we get to partner with what you're doing all over the world. Lord, it's a twice-sown seed. We'll sow it here, then you'll sow it somewhere else, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that the harvest will come back to our account. And, Lord, we just give you thanks, and we give you praise for that. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen, amen, and amen. God bless.